Welcome to the Kevin and Fred Show. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman, and along with my business partner, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast where we highlight some of the best and brightest in the real estate industry, along with a weekly segment called Industry Headlines. We are a proud member of the Industry Syndicate, family of real estate podcasts, and we are so glad that you are listening and tuning in today, and we hope you enjoy our show. Hey guys, Kevin here. Welcome back to the Kevin and Fred show. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this week's podcast. This week is a kind of a special episode. It's a recording from a panel conversation, mostly led by my good friend and business partner, Ben Fairfield, although Fred and I were part of it as well, uh, with a couple of folks who run um, the showing assistant model. Now, you heard from one of these people already, Dave V, in a standalone episode because he clearly has um, a far advanced grasp of this model. Uh, and, but however, the other two, the reason I want to share this with you is because the three, the three guests here have very different businesses. And I want to show how a showing assistant could actually be integrated into each business, a solo agent, a big, large mega team, uh, and then as well as Dave Z, who has got kind of what I call a mid-sized team, although very productive. So I hope you enjoy it. And uh, do us a favor, please, 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 um, I would love it if you would just take some time and review and give us a five-star rating on Apple, maybe subscribe to us on YouTube, you can find that at Kevin and Fred TV on YouTube, and uh, I just want to say thanks a lot for listening. So I appreciate it, and here is this week's episode. I'm, I'm excited about this. This is a, I've had this conversation so many times over the last, I don't know, six or seven months, just in uh, having, you know, talks both online and offline about different real estate models. And so today we're going to be talking about the showing assistant model with uh, three people who I consider to be friends for sure. Uh, I'll start what's my top left on the screen, which is Sarah Parks. Sarah, how are you doing? Very well. Awesome. Sarah and I got to know each other a few years ago. We've been working together for a few years. Uh, she is in Texas and uh, running a version of the showing assistant model. And she's just one of the coolest people I know. So I'm excited for her uh, to share with us uh, what has been going on in her business. To my top right is the man, the legend, the myth, Dave Z, um, who I get to spend a lot of time with here in the Phoenix market as well. And he has been, this guy has taken this model to a different level, in my opinion, and taken it a different route than I had ever thought about before. So I'm excited with what he's going to share as well and uh, share what it's done in his business and for those in his business. And then uh, also in my, I guess it'd be bottom left is Mr. Sun Wen. He's bottom, but he's really the top in my heart. Uh, son is an agent here in the Phoenix market as well. Uh, him and his amazing wife, Corinne, run an awesome real estate team here. Just, just some of the coolest people I know. And we were, gosh, we were at lunch not that long ago, just kind of catching up on what's working, what's going on in our businesses. And he mentioned um, working with buyers and I, Fred and I both looked at him like, what dude He's like, well, with, with a showing assistant. So uh, I'm excited to hear more about how that's working for him because in having conversations with all three of these awesome people, um, they're all doing it a little bit differently and it's working for them. So um, I'm excited for this today, Ben. I love it. And I, I totally saw the same thing when we were having our initial conversations. Each of our panelists today is doing this model in a little bit different way at various stages of business growth. And so I'm excited because this is absolutely applicable to anybody in the NLA audience, because wherever you're at in your business, you can plug this model in. Uh, and we're going to talk about what that impact could be on your business if you do. Now, uh, let's let's go to Sarah first, because ladies first. Sarah, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are, how long you've been in the business, and more, most importantly, for everyone that wants to send referrals to people that are on our top agent panel, what your service areas are for real estate. Sure. So I am an independent agent of about six years now. Um, I'm a military spouse, so I've worked in a couple markets now, and I'm currently in Central Texas. And I cover the cities of Temple, Belton, Colleen, Coppers Cove, all the way up to Waco. So pretty broad service area. Um, we're about an hour north of Austin and two hours south of Dallas. I absolutely love our, our location here. Um, like I said, I'm about six years in the business prior to real estate. I uh, worked in architecture and construction management. 
Um, so I have a heart for systems and, and operations as well. <laughs> and um, I have uh, a TC um, and I am looking to fill two full-time admin roles before I you know, grow to the next level and begin hiring agents. So that's kind of where the showing agent model comes in for me. Awesome. And you said something that, oh, you said something that was cracking me up. Give me a little feedback there. You said this, you said, uh, if it's, if you've never heard of it and it's between Austin and Dallas, that's probably me, right? So <laughs> all of yeah. those outlying areas, I thought that was awesome. Like, if you don't know, go to Sarah. She's probably your person there. I love that. I love that. Awesome. All right. So we'll, uh, we'll dive deeper there with you and your business. Cause I, I've got a bunch of questions for you. Uh, let's go to Sun next. Sun, same thing. Tell us who you are, where you are, yeah, what your business structure looks like and how long you've been at it. Yeah. <clears throat> Thanks for having me, Ben and Kevin. Um, yeah, we cover, we have an office in the West Valley and then also in the East Valley. So we cover West, East and everything in between. Um, like Kevin said, my wife and I run um, our team. Uh, we have roughly about 22 agents right now. Um, I've been licensed since 2013. My wife, is, she's been licensed, I think she's going on her 18th year, this year actually. Um, we have a couple ISAs, two showing agents. We just hired another one and we're looking for another showing agent. So um, that's, that's pretty much our team. Um, we have four or five administrative folks also. Awesome, and if my numbers uh, are correct, uh, Y'all did 392 closed sales last year. Does that sound about right? Yeah, we, we did. Just a little short of uh, 400. Yeah, so in a pandemic year, just doing short of 400 deals. Uh, pretty good. Just wanted to make sure uh, we brought that up here. So way to go. Looking forward to diving in deeper there. All right, now uh, the man, as Kevin said, the myth and the legend, Dave Z. Dave, same thing. Uh, podium to you. Tell us about you and your business. Yeah, uh, thanks for having us, guys. I don't know about the accolades, but anyways, uh, 17 years in the business, and we're small. We're a small team. Got three full-time agents, a part-time agent, and two full-time showing partners, um, an admin, and an ISA. So um, we're in the Southeast Valley mostly. Our office is out in Gilbert, Chandler. But uh, yeah, we love the greater Phoenix area. So that's, that's our referral area. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Now, uh, what I want to dive into to give everybody watching an idea here, uh, because you all use showing assistance, but as Kevin alluded to, you use them a little bit differently. So let, let's start just bottom line with really quickly, how long have you each been using the showing assistant model or a variation of it? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump start. in. I think our team. So, yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead, son. Uh, yeah, we, I was just say we have been doing it, son, you go. <laughs> We've been using a, a showing agent, the model for roughly about, I'd say about six years now. All right, so long time in, you've probably learned a lot what not to do. So we'll want to touch on that. Dave, officially to you, how long have you okay. been using? We have been officially using it for just under a year. Okay. Awesome. Now you said something I want to point out here to make sure we come back to it uh, in our, our conversation back and forth. You talked about a very specific increase in your business. So you're, you measured the results and in a six month time frame, what was that percentage bump you saw in your business as a result of implementing? Yeah, a we, and I don't have it in front of me, but I, I think it was somewhere in the 42, 44% range that we saw a bump. So we're leaner on the agent count Right? We have fewer agents, but we're doing more transactions. So we saw a definite uh, increase in volume due to it. Yeah, it's kind of, I would imagine, Kevin, tell me, tell me if I'm wrong, but that's every mega team owner's dream is to do more transactions with fewer agents, right? That's kind of the concept. So I think that's interesting. Uh, your, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean the challenge always when you're running a team and and Sun and Corinne obviously with uh, you know with the number of agents you guys are running with your team, you know that the challenge is the productivity. I'll call it productivity per person, right? As you start to grow, uh, and you get up in that 15, 20 plus agent range, um, just having that many pro pro productive agents is really difficult. Um, what I like about what um, I've learned so far from the three of our panelists, though, Ben is 
on some level, they're using the showing assistant to take that productivity level for whatever they're at up a notch. And, in, you know, in Dave's case, he's got, you know, they've got two full times. Um, and I'm excited to hear more about Sarah and sons as well, kind of how they're using it specifically, but that what I'm seeing so far is this trend to bringing this person in, whether it's one showing assistant, two or, or five, doesn't matter, but it's bringing up that productivity um, per person level to, to a pretty big, pretty big jumps as Dave, as Dave shared his numbers with us. And that's huge. And I hope all the panelists would agree with this, but that's one of the best ways we can keep talent on the team too, right? As we make them more productive in less time, they're making more money. They have more balance, if you will, like they're, they're happier agents. And so we're probably going to keep them on a team longer. So I, I think that's huge. So uh, that being said, Sarah, what about you? Because I know you're using this a little bit differently. Yes. So I really implemented and formalized a system last summer, probably getting close to a year with that as well. Um, I've, I've used people to just sort of help with showings before, and this really became more formalized. Um, really, when I got COVID last summer, and I had, you know, buyers out shopping, had a few real bad experiences, you know, just putting up that SOS saying, somebody help do a showing for me. And I had a couple clients say, don't send that person again. So. So yeah. can I, can I go deeper on that with you, Sarah? What, like, what was the follow-up from that? Like, what was the next step for you after that happened when you, when you had the, Hey, maybe don't send that person again. Yeah, I mean, I definitely needed leverage in my business quickly with the amount of growth that I had. And um, I, I didn't have any candidates, you know, I didn't have an admin piece really fine tuned yet. And just taking buyer showings off my plate, I knew it was going to be a huge chunk of my time. Um, so I had, you know, plenty of of resources to pull from for ideas for a showing assistant agreement. And I had a few people who I um, was familiar with from coaching and teaching classes that I thought were good candidates. And I just, you know, had to bring it all together, um, you know, and really formalize a relationship with a couple of those people. Cool. That's Ooh, awesome. That's awesome. And I want to touch on that on first. Uh, Sun specifically, you, you're, you've used this model the longest. You said six years, if I remember correctly. So uh, you've learned likely a lot of what works and probably just as much as far as what doesn't. Uh, so how are you utilizing those showing assistants or those positions today versus how you were when you first started? Yeah, that's a great question, Ben. So for us, like I think Kevin talked about it is increasing productivity for our agents. So um, I think I bring a couple different level of perspective. One is like myself, right? Like running the team, um, we have four kids of our own. You're always running and gunning. And so I was able to help about 30 families last year myself. And I definitely wouldn't have been able to do that without our showing agent. She's absolutely incredible. And, um, and so being able to do that has helped really um, kind of iron out some of the kinks in the process and also give belief to our agents that you absolutely can have what Ben said, balance in your, in your personal world and also be highly productive in your business and having that leverage. And so I think the first thing that we learned is getting buy-in from the agents and identifying um, kind of what their hangups are, right? Because they can, initially they saw it as, well, I'm giving up another piece of my income for, you know, a piece of leverage. And um, what we learned is we had to get really clear on what they were going to get out of the ROI, right? The ROI had to be there for them. So really identifying that when you do invest back into your business, what are you doing with that time that you get back, right? It's either doubling down on your lead generation to, 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 to 2X your ROI, or you're taking time and you're buying time back to put it back into your personal world to have that balance. So those are the pieces that I think we've worked through over the years and having the agents really believe in that and being all in on the leverage is really important. Um, the other piece we learned is that agents that weren't fully all in and they would cherry pick certain deals. They would say, oh, that's a lower price point. Let me have the showing agent work that and then I'll work the higher price points. Um, that didn't work very well because there was a lot of distrust with the showing agent and the showing agent 
eventually became resentful of that agent and that, that the relationship just didn't work out as well. So the agents that have been doing really well that use the showing agent model, they're absolutely all in on it. And um, if you just, if, if they stay consistent with being all in, they're going to start seeing higher returns on their own productivity and then also um, just gaining time back in their personal world. I think that's awesome. And, and absolutely the responsibility of the team owner, in my opinion, to, to cast that vision, right? You have to you have to show them what this becomes over time rather than just giving up money on the front end because it is powerful and can impact them in big ways. But that's our job to be able to help them understand that. So I want to shift on this because as soon as this was announced, this was what the topic was. I can't tell you how many texts and Facebook messages I got from people wanting to ask specific questions because if there's one part of our business, one model maybe within the, the game of real estate that is more misunderstood or has a lower overall success rate of being implemented correctly, it probably is this one. And so I've heard this a lot from people, a lot of people in preparation for this call. So I want to go to Dave first and then Son and Sarah jump in. If you've got thoughts too, we'll start with Dave. But the, the number one question I got, and you don't have to give specific numbers, but how do you compensate this person? Like how have you found to set up a compensation plan that works for everyone that everyone seems to be happy with? Yeah. So I think that depends. I'll, I'll just tell you the model that we're running because I think it's going to be different. And I've seen iterations of it, but I took this from a team that's been using it for five years. And I think they were using it the best I've ever seen because of the results it was producing. I got to meet a buyer's agent who sold 146 properties last year. A buyer's agent on a team sold 146 homes, made more than most team owners across the country and had two full-time showing partners. So it was, for me, it was almost like a four minute mile thing where it's like, that's not possible. Like no, no single agent sells 145 homes and has a life. And so I dove deep with that team uh, that did it. And I just think the way they're running it is great. So this is how we're running it. And it, it also is, the, I think the compensation needs to set up the entire aspect of it. So how we're using this is kind of a internship farm system to where there's a higher payoff. Like you're gonna come through this ecosystem and that, that kind of helps the contract because um, if you know where you're headed and you know it's a career path, you can stomach it maybe for a little bit. Because to be honest, it's, it's not great. I think it's better than most realtors are gonna make right now with the current landscape of 1.45 million realtors and only 1.04 million homes for sale. A lot of realtors aren't gonna make money. So when we do our career night for this, we tell them how hard this is going to be and how hard real estate is, but we pay a $37,000 salary. So I, you know, for all of us that have been doing this for any length of time, I remember being 30 grand in the hole, starting my real estate business, had an office, had lead gen, had a hundred percent payment to Remax every month. And all of a sudden you're in, you're in the hole. So we pay 37,000, anywhere from 35 to 40. And the two we have have landed at that 37.5. Um, and that's so we can really drive what they're going to do. Like you have a W-2 contract that says, this is where you're going to be and this is what you're going to do. And then they get no commission on, on those, uh, those transactions that they're helping. But we don't call them showing assistance. We call them partners. And it really is a one-on-one -on -one partnership. That's where these other teams have found the most success when they say, it's, it's us. And in that buyer presentation, it's, this is who we are. And this is how we operate. And I'll get calls that says, Hey, can I borrow McKenna? And I no, she has other things to do. Like she's not just a showing partner. So part of our contract also requires them to do eight sales in a year. So when they're not showing and supporting their agent, they've got to go get eight sales that don't come from the team. So they've got to go sit open houses. They've got to circle prospect, door knock. So you really don't have time to go show for other people. Um, and, and part of, you know, and I can share that too. They only get 15% of that commission. So they keep one 5%. The senior agent keeps 35% because they're going to administer the contract and administer the sale. And then half goes to the company. So in a perfect world, that showing partner 
pays for their own salary that the show that the senior agent is paying. And really what we're doing is saying you're we're going to see if you can survive in the real estate world. Can you do real estate? If we tell you what to do and when to do it and how to do it, can you produce eight sales that we don't give you? And, and it's really a chance to, to come up through the ecosystem and eventually become an agent on the team. So it's, it's, it's more the entry and, and a lower salary can, can work when you know your future could be an agent that then can get a showing partner under you, right? So I like that model a lot. I think it's kinder for the whole, you know, for everybody, for me as generating leads for the, for the agent who's getting leverage and for the uh, showing partner who's gonna be able to develop in that ecosystem. So really the best way I heard it is instead of growing wide with a hundred agents, you go deep through your best agents and you take your agents who are selling 30 to 40 homes and get them to 75 or 80 with a better life. You know, so what I want to point out on that, that all makes sense. What I want to point out on that real quick, Ben, before you move on to Sarah and son with their, with their compensation models is, is the other piece is Dave said a very key word, which is like internship. And when I think of um, the fact that what he's doing is he's taking these agents who are newer to the industry and he's, because he's attaching a salary to it, they're now W-2 and they're going to get paid to learn the, the right habits. He, he actually isn't asking them anything to do. He's not asking them to do anything different than what we ask the other agents to join our team to do. However, because there's this very small, now there's an agreement. Now you're no longer an independent contractor. You're, you're an employee with W-2, you know, every two weeks there's a paycheck attached. All of a sudden those habits have a higher success rate higher chance of success of getting built in foundation. And my guess is those agents over time that come in through that system probably are going to succeed at a higher level versus the way most of us come into the industry. Well, and you're probably going to weed them out faster. If, if you discover that you've got the wrong hire, you've got more as a team owner, you've probably got more onus and skin in the game and urgency to make sure to vet them quickly or or move on and, and find somebody else to fill that seat. I think that's that's totally spot on. All right, so Sarah and Son, uh, any insight into if your model is different? And Dave, thank you for being such an open book. I was writing notes like crazy, and I know everyone watching was as well. So uh, Sarah and Son, how do you do the compensation side of your business for the, the showing assistance? Sure. So uh, yeah, I have a very you know different size and scale of business, of course, and my you know showing agent role has kind of stemmed from some coaching and mentorship uh, that I've been doing already with newer agents. And so it's kind of the same thing. I get somebody who's very new to the business, um, but this actually isn't a full time role. And me being an individual agent, you know, I don't have the buyer pipeline to support somebody full time. So I pay per door. Um, you know, and then it becomes a percent of the GCI if they, you know, exceed a certain number of showings, like if they've been with this buyer for quite some time. And, you know, my vision for it is that they're going to learn my buyer system, how to work with buyers, you know, they're going to learn the business. Um, and hopefully at some point their business flourishes. If I've chosen the right candidate, <laughs> they're going to grow their business to a point where they no longer have the capacity to handle showings for me. And I make it very upfront that I need to know if you have the capacity to take a new buyer because we need to address that when it reaches that point. And I have a pretty good pipeline of candidates. Um, I expect them to fill that role for six to 12 months. And you know, my plan over the next 12 to 18 months is to continue this program until I really have my admin uh, support team in place. And then I feel like it's going to be their audition, kind of just like Dave said, uh, you know, I'll reach a point where it's time to hire a buyer's agent. And this is going to be how I vet and see if it's a good relationship there. Really smart, really, really smart. Absolutely. And I, I actually wrote audition down when then Dave was talking and Kevin was talking. So yeah, thinking along the same lines, it's a great way for everyone to kind of see how we all uh, play on the field together. All right, son, what about you? Uh, again, you, yeah. your compensation may have changed. You've been, you're six years into this. Uh, maybe if there has been changes, what have you learned and what is it currently? Yeah, we haven't had a lot of changes in the comp model. Um, I love what Dave talked about of having a salary. We, we've toyed around with that a couple of times and haven't pulled the trigger. So I was frantically taking notes. So thank you, Dave. Um, but our current compensation model is 15%. 
um, and that's that's their you know that's their compensation. And just to kind of you know put that in perspective, our our showing agents are averaging about four deals a month. Um, our top one is a little bit higher than that, um, but our showing agents are projected to make about sixty-five to seventy thousand um, this year, and also in the past. And I love what Dave said about kind of that internship because um, our number two agent in our company last year started off as a showing agent. And I know she wouldn't be the agent she has been the last couple of years if she didn't have that full year of being, um, you know, in that role and learning the ins and outs of the business. And so some of our, and we have two other ones that have done really well also. And the transition from a showing agent to a sales agent um, is so much smoother when they're in that role. Um, so again, we, we love taking talent from that pool and transitioning them into the sales agent role. I think that's spot on. It makes me think of forced fundamentals, right? It's like how to put on your socks before you work about playing basketball. A lot of agents want to fast track into playing golf and going to coffee appointments because that's all we do, right? So they want to fast track the, the fundamentals. And what you're talking about is providing them a pathway where they have to live in those fundamentals for the period of time necessary to become the best agents that they could. Now, one thing I, I want to touch on, y'all made me think of, and Dave, you mentioned it in, from the team that, that you were uh, modeling after that you referenced that was doing this at a really high level. I think uh, right now there's a lot of uh, rainmakers that are, are sweating a little bit. You mentioned that the market, it's, it's no secret that this is a difficult market from the sense that there's no inventory, there's lots of competition. And so as business owners, we're all having to kind of reinvent, if you will, certain aspects and ways that we're doing business and making sure if we have a team that we're providing enough opportunity in spite of that challenge uh, to our top people. In my mind, what, when I have coached to this too, the last couple of weeks, for teams of certain makeups, which all of yours are, you almost can't afford not to have a showing assistant because pretty quick, those top agents, they're going to start scratching their heads going, does it make sense for me to be on this team? And I think you all get that, but I'd love to, to hear what your thoughts are around that. I think this is a huge retention play. If you are a team owner or you're building a team and you want to not only attract people, but like Dave said, that one agent that made more than most rainmakers did, and he's a buyer's agent, why would they leave? You're making it more expensive for them to leave you than it is to stay with you. What are your thoughts on that? Anybody, round robin. Yeah, Ben, I, I'm just looking at the current market now. When we did our calculations of how much time a showing agent saves an agent, it was three to four hours, right on average. And that was six months to, I would say six months to a year ago, that was the average. Now in this market today, I just sat down with our top showing agent yesterday and I just said, hey, Kim, dig into some of the time that it's taken today versus when it did six to, to uh, you know, six months to a year ago, what's the major difference in today's market? And she said that she, she's actually taken up to six hours per client for every agent that she's able to save them. And so if you look at this market, I think it's even more important to have leverage and showing agents in this in this current environment today. Because as you guys know, you know, we're writing two, three, four, five offers per client every time. And so if you didn't have a showing agent, it's really hard to be able to do that effectively just because timing is so critical, right? Like a property hits um, the market, you need to get out there as soon as possible. And timing is everything in this market. I think we all know that. That's awesome. All right. Now I'm going to go to Dave first and ask a question of the group. We'll start with Dave and we'll go around uh, the group. But here's the second uh, most commented item from all those people that were hitting me up knowing we were going to be on with you all. Uh, the first, of course, was compensation, which we talked about. The second was how do you attract people into that role? Because if they don't know how to compensate it, that's the number one challenge. A lot of other people are saying, we're having a hard time successfully finding the right candidates and, and marrying that with the right opportunities. So what are your, your uh, talent att attraction strategies look like, Dave, for that, that role specifically, and, and maybe what they look like going forward? Yeah, we, um, we used a company called WiseHire. Um, so I would recommend them. And we ran a very clear ad as to what we were looking for and, and the price that it, you know, the, the salary 
that it ranged and I had 41 people uh, apply for the position. So if you're, that's, I think that was a lot, right? I ran the ad for three weeks and um, we had 41 people. So, and we had good people come out. Uh, that's what I'm seeing is, is the, the way we approached it and the way the ad kind of tilted towards was real estate has a high fail rate because people can't really wrap their head around the, the famine before the feast in this business. It's a massive famine. And so the first opening part of my career night talks about you're not getting paid for six months if you kick butt in this business. Like you start and congratulations, you get a client right away, but how long is it going to take? So we really set them up for, do you want to get into real estate, but does a commission-based in, you know, income, does that not work for you right now? And I think it's going to open up. And, and I think this will grow. I, my belief is this trend will grow significantly and it will attract people who said, if only I could get enough money to pay my bills, I'd jump into that. And I, I think it's going to bring in uh, people that, that, that need that. And so running good ads that articulate this internship, you're going to learn from a top team. You know, you're going to be on Karen and Son's team and learn from the best while we pay you. There's a lot of people who have been displaced with this pandemic that would do it, you know. And so our first showing partner, I think she's, you know, I, I don't think she would do this without it. She has a college degree. She was a college athlete, young and hungry. And uh, just, you know, I remember being 25 and you could live on 40 or 50 grand. And that's more than a lot of realtors will make this year, right? So running a good ad and really articulating that they're going to get the training and, and the salary, I think there's no lack of, of candidates, honestly. Awesome, all right. Son, what about you? How do you find and attract talent? And then we'll go to Sarah with the same question. Yeah, so very similar to Dave, we have Indeed Wise Hire. We also have a full-time talent acquisition um, person um, on the organization. And he's constantly calling the school list, folks that have been licensed for less than a year. Um, what we found is a lot of these folks have a lot of the great skill sets because we're looking for an individual that has a great personality, a high eye, if, if you know the disc, and, and some C in there, right? Some detail-oriented uh, oriented folks. Um, and, and a lot of these folks that we're talking to would do really well on kind of like the back end of, of the process, but they are just not maybe as skilled or they need a little bit more direction experience around the lead generation part, right? And so um, being able to help them with that piece and give them the experience of what that would look like um, has been super helpful. So Scott, our, our talent acquisition um, person, he's constantly looking for folks that could fit either the sales agent side or a showing agent, um, and then looking for potential to transition them into the, the, the sales agent side also. Okay, so before we go to Sarah, son, I wanna ask, so you, you mentioned the DISC profile. Do you have a specific profile that you all look for or have found that, that is best suited to that role or, or do you go by a different metric? No, you're, you're spot on. We look for somebody that's a high I with a mid, mid C, some S, some the S isn't as necessary, but definitely I. Is, is the most important trait. Um, I want somebody to have a, a healthy C because you need to be detail-oriented to be able to organize your calendar, um, keep the details of the clients, and also um, you know, be able to map out the showings on a daily basis and really manage your calendar. Makes total sense. All right, Sarah, your thoughts. Yeah, so um, I have been uh, coaching classes at my office, um, Ignite program for anybody KW out there. And it's really given me exposure to all the entry-level agents. Um, and, you know, when you're all in a room together or a Zoom room these days, uh, you know, you can kind of really pinpoint who's, who's going to rise to the top and, you know, just the interaction with them, see who's a, a good personality match with me because I want that person filling that role to be a family to me, you know, I want the client experience. Um, I tell them, I just want you to take care of my people the same way I'm going to take care of my people. Love it. All right. Here's my next question that I got the most from people. So first was compensation. Second, 
was how do you find them and attract them? Third comes down to what tools are you providing those people to be as effective as possible? I know this can be dialers, this can be data scouring companies, can be a lot of things, but what, what are you providing? Let's start with Dave again. Uh, what are you providing to your inside sales agent, or excuse me, your showing assistants um, to, to give them, arm them, um, you know, equip them the best that we can for success? Yeah. So they're going to be new mostly. So we do have um, coaching, uh, which is done through video. So we have a series of modules that they're going to have to complete on everything. So it's, it's hours and hours of modules on understanding the disc profile. So know how to work with that, then lead generating um, and going through that. So we rely heavily on them completing their modules. And then um, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching, and then they're going to be with their, um, their senior agent who really, who's who they're going to spend the most amount of time with. Right. And, and so, and again, I think this is a model that's for people doing 30 transactions. Like if you're doing six transactions may not be the right time for it, but if you're doing 30 and you're trying to get to 60 or 70, there's, a, you're going to be very busy. You're going to get a lot of hands-on. So our showing partners do the inspections and walkthroughs. And so it's not just showing. So I think, and, and son, I'd be curious if those hours were just in the showing portion, but when you start to get into inspections and going back out again to make sure repairs were done, they handle all of that. The hours really become significant, um, but if they do need to have good structure and good coaching and good training, and then, yeah, we have, we have our typical tools like our dialers and our CRMs, and, uh, but definitely some structure where they need to know how to, how to become an agent, because that is the end goal for us is to get your PhD in real estate to become an agent. So make sure you're on spot and that part of your game. Right, so you, you wrote that training, I'm assuming, but it sounds like you take them through a fairly intensive uh, orientation type training, if you will, on, on role specific tasks. Is that what I'm hearing? It, and I bought it, you know, there's resources out there. I've spent a good amount of money to buy really good training. Um, that I would take anybody through on, on just the basics of real estate on how to be successful. So wherever, whether you want to write it or buy it, for me, it's easier to buy it than to sit down and do it. All day long. All right, son, we'll go to you next. And then Sarah, on training, how do you train those that come into this role in your team? Yeah, so similar to Dave, um, our director of sales has taken all the things that we've, we've put together throughout the years and we have it on a training platform. And so it's no different than a brand new agent joining the team. It's a two-week process. And within the process, there's different modules, like Dave said, that they have to go through uh, to a point where they're writing uh, five mock contracts and sending that over to our director of sales. And she's reviewing them and giving them feedback. So if need be, if an agent says, hey, you know, I'm tied up with a couple of clients myself, I need you to write an offer, um, they're able to do that, right? There's, they have to preview uh, 10 homes every single week to go out and learn how to use the lockbox, be comfortable with, you know, showing a home, scheduling through showing time. So we have a whole process that's a two-week process for them to get up and running. And then after that, they're shadowing another showing agent that we have. And then also like Dave, I do sit down with them um, once a week to kind of debrief and figure out what other questions they might have along with our director of sales. Awesome. All right, Sarah, what about you? Well, much smaller organization here. Uh, primarily, I've, I've really started formalizing training now um, and kind of compiling, you know, some guidelines and expectations for them. And then um, they just do a lot of shadowing with me, um, you know, so it also kind of helps me, you know, vet and make sure that this is a good fit. Um, but, you know, with my background in construction and things like that, my clients usually come to me with a very high expectation um, for my knowledge base. So um, I have a, a 50 point checklist of what they're looking for when they're showing houses. Um, so just trying to bring them up to speed as quickly as possible to kind of, you know, I don't expect them to understand things to the level that I do, but just so that they can recognize these things and know when to loop me in, send me pictures, ask questions. Well, and, and I, I know that you, you prefaced that by saying, 
your, your organization isn't the same size. But I think that's the beauty of this panel is we've got yes. three different organizations at three different levels of, of growth. And everybody is going to be at one of those levels, assuming they want to build a big business. So it's super applicable. And I appreciate uh, you all sharing what I'm hearing. All of you say that the consistent thread that runs through all of it is you've, you've documented a system, whether you bought it, created it, whatever the case may be, but you have a system that you follow the same way each and every time you bring somebody into the organization to give you more of a consistent output. Is that safe to assume? I, that's what I heard. In what, something I want to point out to you for for the listener, whether watching this live or recorded, that there's a very specific reason. Like we handpicked Sarah and Son and Dave because they do. I know I know all three of these people very well. They all have great businesses, and they all look very differently from the out from the outside. They all look so different, right? Um, Corinne and Son have the very like the prototypical. I'll call it the mega team. Um, from the outside, Sarah looks like a solo agent, even though she's clearly has, she's demonstrated an organization. Dave's got very much an, a growing kind of a, what I'd call a smaller mid-sized team. And they're all using some version of the showing assistant to help, to help get them to that next level. Right. Um, son talked about the leverage that it's bringing to him, not just to him personally, but also that it's allowing him to bring into the lives of the agents within his organization, I know very in detail the way that's helped the agents in Dave's world. And it's also very clear to me the way Sarah's using it. I think in my mind is maybe, maybe isn't Sarah's language, but like, it's like a stair step into team building, right? As she's going up, like, I, I really see this as her, you know, next, it's like, it's just a, it's a, it's a very progressive, like almost obvious next step that will help her grow to whenever she's ready to grow a bigger team, if ever she'll already have that foundation laid. And so that was part of the reason why I wanted to have, um, when Ben and I started talking about this panel, three very different business models is to show that truthfully, the showing assistant model isn't just for one. It's, 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 it's literally any agent or any team could be utilizing this in some way, form or fashion. Totally, totally, I love that, great point. Uh, now, uh, we, we have a, a short amount of time remaining and Kevin, you know my favorite part of these is we do the lightning round at the end. And I've got uh, all kinds of questions here that they have not seen before. Uh, so panelists, here's what we're gonna do. We're, we're gonna unmute. If you get any feedback, just mute it real quick, but we're gonna go quick through this. First thing that comes to mind, as long as it's appropriate. First thing that comes to mind when I ask you these questions, here is the first one. Uh, what are you reading currently? As a business owner, what are you reading? Son, we'll start with you. Yeah, I'm currently reading uh, Limitless by Jim Quick. It's an incredible book. Highly recommend it. Okay, Dave, what about you? I uh, just cracked open Traction by Gina Wickman. That's so, a great one too. Sarah? It's one week year. Ah, all good ones, all good ones. Okay, next one. Uh, how do you keep yourself inspired and motivated? So you're all building businesses. They look different and that doesn't matter, but how do you, as the person building it, keep yourself inspired and motivated in spite of all of the stuff around us? Start with Sun. Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, you know, Kern and I, we found out years ago that if we stop focusing on ourselves and we focus on the outcome of what our agents are looking to achieve, we'll, we'll be fine. And um, that's, that's what gets us going every day is to make sure that we're making an impact on, on their lives. And, um, you know, and, and part of that is, is just helping them uh, get to what they're looking for and then also giving back. Awesome. Dave. Yeah. Uh, not to echo exactly what Sun said, but I like an idea of servant leadership. And I think this is why this is such a great model because you are, serving your agents. They, I, I think the agents who get to be in big teams like this that have a showing partner offered to them, it, it, their lives are richly blessed um, compared to that traditional lever of, oh, let's just get, get more. But to, to build through your best people, I think it's fantastic. So I'm a big believer in that. We just finished a book on servant leadership um, and then do my morning routine, just keeping myself clear and, and motivated as to what I'm doing you know, and getting clarity uh, all the time. Love it. All right, Sarah. Uh, well, doing things like this, um, you know, always 
you know, networking and keeping relationships strong with other, you know, like-minded business owners who are growth focused. Um, and, uh, you know, spending time with my kids. I mean, we've got a lot, two little kids and a lot coming up in the next few years for my family as my husband retires out of the military. So with that, you know, very short in the distance, um, you know, we have a lot ahead of us. Sounds exciting. How do you define success? What does success mean to you, son? We'll start with you again. How do I define success? I think success is like just, just progress, right? I've, I've learned that um, in my earlier years, I used to look for finish lines. And when you accomplish something, it's never as great as you thought. It, the, the feeling just doesn't last very long. So you're always on to the next. So as soon as I identified, like, there is no finish line, it's only progress and, um, and staying focused on just growing and continue to make progress for me is, is success. All right, Dave. Yeah, I, look, I like to use the word flourishing. I think, I think humans are meant to flourish and not just get by and just not just be mediocre, but how, and that looks different for everybody. So how do we get to our best version? So in our team meeting today, we, we covered the five F's of family and faith and friendship and fitness and finance and how do we rate ourselves on that? And just to hopefully be part of a continual improvement for people. Like how do we get these areas from a one to a 10 and just be on that trajectory to, to flourish and not let ourselves sink into mediocrity, but it's different for everybody. Excellent. All right, Sarah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to kind of echo what Sam said is that um, life is short. There's never like a deadline that you can put, you know, that you're just going to reach this day. You're going to reach this milestone and that defines success. Um, you can't be miserable the entire way and reach that milestone. Um, and then suddenly, you know, it's all going to be worth it. So you have to, you know, live in the, in the growth mode constantly. Lean into the chaos. <laughs> All right, second to last question. John, coming to you first. Uh, look, we're talking this time next year. Let's, let's fast forward a year. We get the same panel back together. Where will you be as a business professionally? And when you say that, are you looking at like just like our goals, production, growth? Yeah, where do you see the business going? Like, what are you striving towards this year? Yeah, so our goal this year is to close 800 transactions, but more importantly, and Dave mentioned this, is to increase our productivity per agent, right, and, and helping them continue to grow, especially in the current market that we're in today. So and we sat down at the end of the year, and, and we, we had this conversation again. Um, I would be excited to tell you that we hit our goal of 800 transactions and our uh, PPP, you know, is at north of 25 uh, transactions per agent. Um, and so to me, that would be a fantastic year for us. Perfect. Kevin, you're writing these down, right? So we can do a follow-up panel next year, same place. Oh, yeah. And I'm just going to send a boomeranged email out on January 1st. Right. I love it. I love it. Dave, what about you? Where, where are you going to be, your team? What are the goals? Like, what's next year look like for you this time? Yeah, sticking with this showing partner model, my goal is to see two new agents come out of the showing partner, kind of come out of that uh, farm, farm league. Um, and so I am committed to not growing the team the way I used to, you know, just adding agents. Now we're, we're doing that in a way we have an affiliate partner team, but the Z team, we want to keep that to just producers. We want to see uh, and even higher. And I, I agree with Sun, like your organization usually can't handle more than 25 per person, but maybe that's in different levers. So how do we get agents doing 70 transactions? Does that mean we have to hire one and a half more admin? Um, so I agree with that, but I'd like to see um, our agent count double and replace them with new showing partners. So we just kind of just stack out and expand down um, and, and seeing where agents are hitting that 60 units, north of 60 units per agent, which we're, we're, we can do, we'll, we'll do that. So that's what we see. 
Love it. Big things, big things. Sarah, no doubt yours, yours are right there too. Where do you see yourself and your business next year this time? Yeah, so uh, another year of doubling my production, um, you know, fulfilling the, the admin roles that I, I easily have the, you know, workload to support. <laughs> and for me, next year is really going to look like me stepping back from so many late nights and long hours and being able to commit more to my family, uh, take some vacations and, um, you know, it leverage allows you to do more or it gives you, you know, the luxury of your time back. And so that's really important for me. I've been leaning really, really hard <laughs> in a business for a while now. That's awesome. Oh, that's right. right. It's, it's always uh, we can have time and money, but we likely can't have both. So uh, that's exactly what we were talking about today. And I am grateful that you were all with us today. Thank you for being so transparent, so willing to help and share what you're doing, what you're building, how it's impacting. I know it's going to impact everyone watching, listening. Kevin, I'm going to go to you. Any final words before we wrap this awesome panel up for the day? No, you know what I would I just want to reiterate something we said earlier, which is what I really want the listener, the viewer, the next level agent um, who's, who's going to consume this whether an hour or later to get from this is um, it doesn't matter where you're at in your business. You, you know, you might already have a big team. You might be on a team. You might be an independent agent who's, who you're not really sure what that first lever of leverage looks like for you. The point is, is like, there's, I think all three of our guests today, um, showed that there is a way to implement some leverage into your business in a way that isn't traditionally taught, right, in the models that are taught, you know, in our in our industry. And so hopefully you just take some value out of that. And I know I happen to know all three of these people personally, they're exceptional people. And I'm sure if you reached out to any of them, number one with the referral, although I don't think Dave and son really like referrals because they're in the same market as I am. Um, so maybe maybe they don't like referrals as much as Sarah does. Um, but no, I'm sure if you reach out to them, number one, they'd love referrals, but also uh, I happen to know all three of these people are, are exceptional people and givers. And um, I'm sure we'd love to connect with you, you know, my, no matter who you are and, uh, and where you're at. So that's the one thing I'd encourage you to is um, you plug into the community. That's the whole reason why this is here. Absolutely. Well, Kevin, panel, Sarah, Dave, Son, thank you for being with us. It's been a pleasure. Next Level Agents, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're going to do another one of these, right, Kevin? We sure are. Not necessarily on showing assistant, but yes, we are going to do, we've actually got quite a few guests already lined up, I think, for next month's. And uh, we've, got a, we've got a few tricks up our sleeves with some more top agent panels that I'm excited about. I love it. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you all to our panelists for being here. Thanks everybody watching and listening. Have a great rest of your day. Today's episode is brought to you by Kevin and Fred's community at eXp Realty. Learn why over 1,000 real estate agents joined eXp Realty last week. Join us for an informational webinar this Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Register at intro to eXprealty.com.